everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, Stefan here. You are in fact listening to Ask For Me In My House, so don't go anywhere. But real quick, before the episode begins, because we believe that Jesus and fun are not at odds, that God is someone to be enjoyed, he's made us to laugh and rejoice, We've introduced a playful segment on the front end of this episode called Tea Time, where we'll ask Jordan and Milena some silly questions about themselves. When we reference pop culture's spill the tea, we aren't talking about gossip here nor suggesting that you entertain gossip, but rather playfully referring to only the truth surrounding the questions that we ask the Sissiades. If this isn't your cup of tea, pun intended, go ahead and skip right over to about the 11-minute mark. But we hope you stick around for the intro as while we take the Bible and our following after Jesus seriously here, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Again, in our enjoyment and laughter among one another, this speaks to the larger nature of God as someone to be enjoyed and enjoyed endlessly. We hope this brightens whatever time of the day you're listening in. Hey guys, welcome back to As For Me In My House. I am Jordan. Hi, I'm Elena. Hi, honey. <laughs> welcome back. And we are also accompanied by Stefan and his wife, Celeste. Now, you guys have heard from Stefan for the last few episodes now. Yeah. And you haven't heard much from his wife, Celeste. So we want you guys to get to know how great she is as well. <laughs> and we thought, who better to introduce Celeste than Stefan? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should be very concerned. Yeah. No, Celeste is, Celeste is tiny. She's like... Shorter than me. Shorter yeah. than Elena. Yeah. That's an shorter accomplishment. To, actually, shorter than Tukey. <laughs> 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 They're neck oh, and neck. Oh, man. <laughs> we no, measure them each. <laughs> Celeste is like my little pistol. You know? She's, uh, she's Cubano, right? So she's Cubana. Cubana. Cubanita. That means little Cuban. <laughs> little cute Cuban girl. Are you bilingual? I am. If that wasn't obvious, <laughs> she's a little Cuban Everyone's firecracker. <laughs> yeah, she's a little firecracker. And I, we mentioned this last episode. It, Celeste's got a lot of cake. <laughs> yes, her and I actually monopolize the dessert department. It is. Wow. And that's it. For those who didn't listen to last episode, should we tell them what that means? That, that's a euphemism. No, you should tease it. It's like they'll go Ooh. and listen to the other Now, what was it a euphemism? What is cake? Tease. I don't, <laughs> as a euphemism, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, we are super geeked. Actually, a little bit nervous, too. As you uh, should. To introduce this new segment to the show that we are going to be sporadically incorporating from time to time that we want to tell you guys about. And actually, Celeste has been the mastermind behind all this, which, again, makes me pretty nervous. So, Celeste, tell us a little bit about what, what's going on here? Yeah. As you know, we like to spill a little tea from time to time. Yeah, you know, we're, we're about the truth in this podcast. Of course, we're talking about spilling Jordan and Melina's tea. You know, get a little juicy insight for your listening pleasure at Jordan and Melina's expense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. And so we're calling this segment Tea Time. It's <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, Very it's cringy, hot and ready. Very oh, I good. love it. I love it. Well, Stefan and Celeste, you two are, are perfect for this because... 
you've lived here with us for about a month now. So you've seen essentially everything that doesn't make it onto the podcast. Yeah, we or see all of it. We see what got cut. <laughs> Not everything. like all of it, but you did see Jordan's butt last week. That's I did. <laughs> how did that happen? You mooned us. Yeah. We saw what that. Do you mean how? We saw that cake without the frosting. You know. What I, mean? <laughs> I don't crying. even know what that means, but it's so good. <laughs> you have to go watch the last episode to see. You really do. All these inside uh, jokes. No, but we, we really have gotten kind of a front row seat to Jordan and Milena being in their basement. We actually have this running joke that any time one of the couples is arguing, we'll pretend like it's National Geographic, like we're watching them in their native habitat. Their and natural so we'll, habitat. We'll hide behind something, like some plant or something. We'll just kind of observe. As you guys know, Milena's obsessed with plants and so like plants shrubbery. Everywhere. So yeah. they'll just, we'll be arguing. Milena will be like, no, honey you're supposed to do that. And then she'll be like, no, well, why aren't you doing this? And then we'll just see Stefan and Celeste like creeping around a bush or a, <laughs> a, a leaf or something and just kind of spreading it and like peering over, like all intrigued. <laughs> What's going on? You already know. We're about to spill more tea than 1773. Oh, snap. oh wow. That was so Somebody dead, call the queen joke. and pass me some crumpets. <laughs> dad jokes. Oh, Fantastic. Maybe Are you pregnant, pregnant, Celeste? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he's already ready. Like, I feel like... I know. Yeah. I know. The dead jokes come primed. naturally. Mm-hmm. All right, Celeste. So what does this week's tea time session look like? So we're going to ask Milena, my dear, my mm. sweetie. We're going to ask you a few <laughs> questions, and you have to answer them. You okay. have to. So these are going to be on the spot, right? Milena yeah. hasn't Wait, seen these. Wait, what kind these. of questions are these going to be? The ones that... I, I don't want to answer. <laughs> Juicy tea no, spill not that questions. that bad. I okay. feel like you, ha- you don't have much shame. So I feel like okay. it'll be funny, but it'll s- also be... I think an adjective the best is, would be provocative, I'd say. <laughs> Probing. Probing. Great, great. Provocative. Intrusive. Okay. I would say intrusive as well. <laughs> Possibly wonderful. <laughs> you know I got your back. It's not going to okay. be... Okay, okay, okay. okay. So these are, good. for everyone listening, these are questions Celeste had put together. Melena has never seen or heard them before, yeah. so she's going to be asked on the spot, mm-hmm. and we're going to just take it from there and see what happens. Okay. All right, so question number one. What is your biggest pet peeve that Jordan does? Oh. <laughs> I love how you stipulated, not just your <laughs> biggest pet peeve, the pet, biggest pet peeve I do. We are going for tea, okay? Yeah. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do I need to play the kettle? Yeah, again? play the kettle again. Oh, babe, what is it? Oh, there's so many. I know what mine is. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that Jordan does? <laughs> okay, Celeste, let's okay. flip it on you. What do you think? Okay, I no, think... No, no. We're coming back to you. After I her. think it's you know that you. you will, like, say you're going to do something, and then you don't do it. So you're a liar. <laughs> I think it's kind of about my husband. He's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> and a thief. Like, uh, it, I guess it would be, like, his time... Um, because he's very, Optimism. yeah, very Optimism. optimistic, that but like not day. realistic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess that kind of goes with Stephen the line the same thing. thing. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? I a guess. roast? A husband roast? I thought this was about Milena. <laughs> Sorry. I'm chopped liver over here. I'm just used to it. I'm, I've been taking it on the chin. That's probably why I have this giant <laughs> pimple on my face that won't go away. It's a buffer to the... <laughs> okay. All right. There we have it. Okay. Number two. Okay. Have you ever got caught doing something you shouldn't? And what yes. was it? Smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> Who caught you? 
my mom no way mm-hmm. yeah oh man yeah. i would have loved to I, be a fly on the wall in that moment oh yeah it was really bad well you actually did melanie and i did in a podcast on this where we talked about the whole experience of getting caught and how that all played out but yeah i think that was probably the this worst wasn't one. recent for everyone <laughs> no that no, was no, in no. high school <laughs> yeah. i was five 16. six years ago something like yeah. that time ago amazing no i was 16 i'm what 23 now those are six, more six than plus years. years yeah yeah, yeah i guess so it's been mm-hmm. a minute love it okay if your car broke down in the middle of the road, who in this room would be the last person you would call and why? You. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She didn't even why? hesitate. Shots fired. Do you know how to fix a car? No, yeah, you're See? right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be offended. I'm not. Like, you wouldn't call me. Yeah, no. No. See? <laughs> See? Cool. All right. That was super easy. That was five? That was too no, no, easy. No. no, there's two there's more. Two more. Oh, okay, 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 okay. These are brutal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, really oh, okay. No. okay. okay. This is like a two to three part question. Okay. Have you ever regifted a gift? What gift was it and to who? I definitely have. You do this all the time, I feel like. I definitely have. You ungrateful. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) I think that might be Jordan's biggest pet peeve about me is gifts. Not even close. No, one of them. Jordan, save it. Save it. We we will have Mm. you on at some point. So save it. And answering that. I'll be on the hot seat sometime. Okay. I feel like I was gifted like a perfume thing once and I didn't like the scent of it. So I kept it and gave it to someone else. Who was it? I don't remember. Did you I not think like it them because you're like, this smells terrible and it fits yeah. your personality. So. <laughs> well, I think I gave it as a gag gift, not a real gift. Okay. I wouldn't do that. I'm not okay. that shady. All right. Why did right. you say the guess or the, no, the coach bag I got you that you regifted to your grandma? Oh. Oh, dang. That's a good that's, re-gift, that's though. That's really sweet. That is sweet. Listen, Ooh. I have regifted every single present that Jordan has got me. That's not true. So in your defense. <laughs> I've gotten you some doozies. I got yeah. you like a hatchet. I know. That's true. Jordan's a great gift giver. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never He's regifted anything thoughtful. that you've given me. That coach one doesn't count. Okay, that's fine. a good regift though. Yeah, that's but I was like, sweet. I was like 17 or 18 at the time. Aww. And I'm like, oh, I, I literally was like the only dude in the coach store he spent his like, every last dollar on yes. yeah he probably saved up for months you jerk but your grandma looked <laughs> good with that I bet. she rocked it she rocked she it. loves that bag yeah all right last I'm, question, right, last question. I was happy yeah. about that what was the last thing you searched for on your phone hmm. yeah check that history girl this, this will be interesting oh boy. On my you gotta read it ha ha I am a Christian. I looked up Bible verses on children. Ha! You think wow. you're going to oh get me some God. tea? We should have made her read up. the last 10. Oh, <laughs> we'll last make a revision 10. for the next show. For me? Let's yes. see. Won't it come out? Oh, okay. This one's juicy. <laughs> do we need to, do we need to ca- give I thought it we were going to okay. canonize you as like Listen. a saint or something. No, no, no. Okay. Pubic bone pain during pregnancy second trimester. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. That's my phone. Give me that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Pubic bone pain? I think you meant pelvis bone pain. I looked at pelvis bone, but then I was like, no, Jordan said it's pubic bone. (laughs) It's actually pubic bone. Oh, (laughs) I'm like, you're so silly. It's a pelvis bone. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I was in so much pain yesterday in my pelvic pelvic area and I had to like look it up. I don't know. There's (laughs) some juicy tea for you. That was so good. Is that juicy enough? Yeah. It was good. It was plump. I feel like it was an appetizer. Okay. It you know? was. I'm so sure get mine, will, for the next mine will live up to everyone else's expectations That's whenever true. that happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll introduce this segment sporadically just to mm-hmm. kind of lighten the mood a little bit and have some fun. Yeah, yeah, we will. 
Uh, this episode is actually going to be a two-parter. Uh, the girls will actually be weighing in next episode because uh, there's so much here in regards to a conversation about the comparison trap. So, and you already know their episodes probably could be so much better than ours, but <laughs> we're going to say Aww. bye to our boo-boos, our plural boos. Plural. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye, ladies. Besitos. <laughs> bye. All right, Steph. So we're going to be talking about the comparison trap. Yeah, and we pick up comparison at a young age, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in our home growing up, I have a an older sister and a twin sister, not identical, you know, mostly because that's not possible. Although I have had multiple people try to convince me otherwise. <laughs> but uh, among my siblings, it was always about who had what, who was getting to do more of something or play with something for longer. It was like a good amount of, that's mine, or it's my turn. And and I think just kids specialize in whining, right? It's kind of like their, their art form. Yes. For some kids, it's finger paint or nose picking, but for us, it was... Most certainly whining. Or all the above for me. I was the trifecta, the finger painting, (laughs) nose picking, whining Whining kid. (laughs) Oh, the kid we all despise in public (laughs) places. My uh, parents of multiple kids out there, you you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So we had these uh, cowboy boot cup as kids. Like it was a boot and then it was also a cup because who doesn't enjoy that? Wow, that's deep. And... Of course, they were assigned, right? Because, you know, it would just be sheer chaos if it wasn't. And similar to the boot cups, we also had this Christmas calendar. And and I'm sure some of you also had something similar to this. It was like an advent calendar, except ours had like a mouse. And you would move it with each kind of corresponding day that passed. And again, same thing. We had an assigned day that we were allowed to move the mouse because God forbid someone moved the mouse two days in a row or someone, or someone drink out of the wrong boot cup. Like Christmas is ruined. That drink is now ruined. That's ruined, right? <laughs> One of our heads would have spun off our necks. My dad actually caught much of this on, on home video. That's how I know it. Like, caught it on VHS. And my pops had this massive camcorder, camcorder from like the late '80s. I remember that. It was awesome. Do you remember that? And he'd lug this thing around like a news reporter. Mm-hmm. But except for reporting news, he was just like reporting whining. That's what he would do. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to miss this whining when it's <laughs> yeah, up. I'm going to miss this. So I just need to get just countless footage of it. That was like the huge tape, right? Massive. Yeah. Do you? By the way, do you, do you know what VHS stands for? I have no clue. You don't? Just give us a guess. <laughs> Very huge system. Oh, you got one actually. System. <laughs> Video home system. Why wouldn't it be home video system? I don't know. Let's <laughs> send an angry email to whoever came up with that. <laughs> yeah, for me, I remember being about maybe seven or eight years old and asking my mom who she loved more between me and my brother. And of course, like she always had, like like most moms, she always had this textbook answer in the back pocket as if she's like prepared and trained and toiled for these questions. <laughs> and she said... She said this, I love you both exactly the same with all my heart. <laughs> Man, like we're over here fighting over boot cup colors and you're duking it out over mother's love. Yeah, we were. <laughs> and even at a young age, through like sibling rivalry and early relationships, we learn comparison, right? The evaluation of self and what you don't have against another and what they do have. Yeah, I think even as kids, we're kind of trying to figure out our rank in this world, where we stand. So with this, um, 
what would you say, Jor, is kind of operating behind comparison? If we kind of pulled back the curtain on comparison, what would we find? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, I think it's actually two things working in tandem with, with one another. So first would be shame. And by shame, I mean that feeling small or like you don't measure up or feeling less than. Sure. I mean, we're just getting like blasted with opportunity for comparison every waking moment because of social media. You, you like see a photo and can immediately feel inadequate somehow. Yeah. It's almost like the system's set up that way. Yeah. It's almost like it's a trap for you. To feel <laughs> <laughs> and somehow we need to upend this trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the second would be envy, right? Like we see something that someone else has and we want it. Or to use a fancy $5 Bible church term, we covet it, right? So the, so you're saying these two things are kind of in operation. They're in collaboration together. They're working in step with each other. Behind comparison is both shame and envy. Uh, and in this, en- in, this, in this episode, we're actually going to focus specifically on compare uh, sorry on uh, comparison through the lens of envy but in the next episode the girls will expound on the topic of shame within comparison uh, kind of as especially as social media has only kind of deepened this wound yes exactly and I, I think those are like you said the two legs on which comparison walks on right yeah so yeah definitely so much packed in to both of those so we're going to split it up We'll let the girls tackle. Yeah, there's a lot here. That so yeah, we'll we'll jump in with now, envy. Now you you'd think when you open the pages of the Bible, you'd find something wholesome, like families getting along. Mm-hmm. Like you'd think in comparison to our family, like to my family and our what we just talked about. Like you'd open up the Bible and you would just find something, just leave it to Beaver, picturesque. Yeah, and like yet, the, like Full House almost. Right? Full like, House. Yeah. Know, they got like. Little things here and there, but for the most part, everyone loves each other. They got other it together. I so usually well. leave it to Beaver, so that dates me <laughs> a lot on this yeah. podcast. But the Bible is chock full of almost the complete opposite, right, of just dysfunctional families. And and by dysfunctional, I mean like dysfunctional families, as in family betrayal, gossip, favoritism, child sacrifice, rape, murder, incest, you know, children plotting to kill their fathers. Yeah. Exactly. This isn't just like my family doesn't get along during the holidays type of dysfunction, right? Like we, everyone's a little bit like you can be functionally dysfunctional, right? Like I think that's, yeah. that's almost every. That's, but when you're like talking everybody. about like you know incest, ch- children plotting to kill their fathers, I feel like that's like you know yeah, no one's Thanksgiving probably looked like that this year. No, Hopefully not. No. If it did, send us a, send us an email. Yeah, that's just yeah that's that's true. It's it's intense. And when I read the Bible almost in a backward kind of way, we should kind of be encouraged as we think about our own families, right? Because even if you have suffered and struggled with some of these, the Bible doesn't edit that out and, yeah. you know, do some sort of autocorrect here. It's it's also, it's leaving it in there, the full yeah. explicit Yeah, that's story. not to like minimize what, what any of us have ever gone through or endured, mm-hmm. uh, but there is something shocking, jarring about the biblical story family um, because of how much of this is in there, like how much graphic uh, atrocious things kind of happen in family. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Because in the biblical story of family, what we're finding again and again is this common theme 
a, a kind of comparison that leads to envy. In fact, comparison begins within the first few pages of the Bible and kind of quickly escalates into murder. Uh, take Cain and Abel, right? Cain yes. is jealous of Abel's sacrifice, so he hits his brother in the head with a huge rock. <laughs> yeah, and kills him. Yeah, or Esau and Jacob, the twins, right? Again, there's a show of favoritism, right? The younger brother, Jacob, cons and deceives his older brother, Esau, out of his rights as the firstborn. And it's funny, again, kind of as we're talking about the Bible, just saying it as it is. Yeah. The scripture mentions some bizarre things in this, in this story specifically, like Esau being this red and fuzzy or hairy dude. So maybe he had it coming. Uh, maybe I don't know. he did. I don't Does that just... <laughs> That it's just why? weird that they would say that too. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of had it coming because he's red and fuzzy. Yeah, and and then uh, you have uh, Joseph and his brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of, and this same thing playing out again, just more favoritism. And uh, Joseph wasn't the oldest, but uh, he's the one that his father ultimately loves most, and this uh, he becomes kind of the envy of his older brothers, and they end up th- selling him into slavery, right? They throw him into a pit, leave him for dead, um, and then uh, one of them actually comes back and, and sells him into slavery, if I recall correctly. Yeah, like that's so much better than... I know, him, right? I know, but all kind of starting in this same place, as we're saying, yeah. right? The, this comparison then quickly moves into envy, and then that envy just moves towards all kinds of expression. For here, it's a lot of murder, a lot of plotting to murder, selling into slavery, uh, deceiving each other. Yeah, and even Jesus's family, right? If this isn't just in the Old Testament, like this is New Testament, and even in, true in our lives, but like Jesus's brothers thought he was a liar; they thought he was nuts. Which, you know, I'd imagine most of us would if, if our brother had tried to commit us. They were the son of God. Like if your brother just came to you, like, hey. By the way, I'm the son of God. He'd be like, mm, no, <laughs> no, you're and, not. And you want to talk about tea? Just imagine Jesus's brothers trying to find tea to spill about him. Oh, I mean, you can't spill the tea when you are the tea, right? <laughs> oh, that was that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but notice in all of this, like as you said, Jor, uh, even about Esau, God doesn't edit any of this out. He doesn't put a put it through a filter. He leaves it raw and uncut, unfiltered, kind of bare knuckle, which goes back to something we said in the last episode that while in Sunday school, we may have been encouraged to be like certain biblical characters, more often biblical characters are actually illustrating for us what not to do. Their failures are pointing to us something uh, to something greater than themselves, uh, namely the hope of the Messiah. Yes. But again, if we distill all of this down, like what we're trying to reiterate here is over and over, we find the same motivation at work. Comparison, jealousy, envy. This is just threaded throughout the entire storyline of family in the Old and the New Testament. Yeah, you're right. And James, in his third letter, I'm sorry, his third chapter of his, of his letter, sums up the narrative of envy and deceit. Uh, that kind of litters the biblical family storyline with this. He says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So James places envy and selfish ambition at the head of our rebellion and the heritage of all evil. Man, that's intense. And 
that's, I mean, James is kind of summing up what we just reviewed across the Old Testament, right? Following envy, rooted in comparison, comes along, gossip, theft, adultery, betrayal, murder, war, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, take Eve in, in the garden. Why did she ultimately eat of the fruit? And we could spend so much time in this text, right? There's so much of the Bible that's pointing us back to just the first few chapters of Genesis. But Genesis 3 tells us that she made the decision because of uh, threefold. Uh, It looked good for food, was pleasing to the eye, and able to make one wise, or at least from her kind of currently deceived vantage point. Mm-hmm. All of that, right? Like all, every single one of those statements is just loaded with envy. In John's first letter, in the second chapter, sixteen verse, this is again one of those like glowing blue hyperlinks back to the garden story. So, so John in his letter is trying to draw us back to the garden. He gives us this parallel language to Eve's envy, which is a picture of all humanity's rogue desires. He says this. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Again, kind of that threefoldness. Yeah. And it's in this, the joy of the garden was lost, right? Yeah. It's here that the trap door of comparison closes. So comparison, when it is fully grown, gives birth to envy. And this envy, essentially, it robs us of our joy. So if you take away anything from this episode, it's that, you know, Jesus is the TNT. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it would be these six words that I think are so critical. If, if you don't remember anything else from this episode, this is what we're trying to drive home, is that comparison is the ruin of joy. Comparison is the ruin of joy. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, in our longing for what we don't have, uh, we can no longer see what we do. And it's like we almost can't do two things at once. It's either kind of one or the other. Either our focus is on what we do have or our focus is on what we don't have. Yeah, kind of like a camera, right? It can only look at the foreground or the background at once, right? It can't do both. It's either what's in front of it or what's behind it. Yeah, that's interesting because... In doing so, right, what we're saying is the, the envy of our hearts is this kind of blinding force. It, it puts our focus in, a, in an arm bar, really, and kind of slowly bleeding our joy. Well, that got graphic. <laughs> it did kind of get graphic. <laughs> uh, but it's here. Here's why um, I think envy is so toxic is it, it suggests two things. Two ideas that hide away in envy. The first idea is, God, what you've given me is not enough. So if we kind of peel back what's happening inside of envy is this idea, God, what you've given me is not enough. And the second idea, which then kind of comes out of it, springs out of this first idea is, God, you are not enough. Mm, Yeah, that's tough. Because I don't know if I frequently think of envy as being so lethal. Right, like I don't know if when I first think of envy, my mind goes to these two ideas that, like you've said, are are kind of lurking at the heart and at the root of envy. But as you were talking, I, I was reminded of Israel and their want for a king. Right back in First Samuel, the Israelites wanted a king to govern them, not because they thought it would 
be a better way to do government, but because all the other nations had a king, right? Yeah, similar to letter boards, I think, right? Like <laughs> we all rushed to go get letter boards. Like that was probably so 2019, but we all rushed to go get letter boards because everyone on IG had one. Like not for any other reason than that. Is that a good analogy? Was that that, that was flawless? <laughs> that I Thanks, think man. I think the takeaway is God wants us to be a letterboardless. Wow, people. <laughs> no, but in doing so, back to Israel, they were a, a theocracy, right? God was their king, and when they said we want a king like all the other nations, they dethroned God. In essence, and this envy for a king reveals both of these ideas that you said almost simultaneously. That God, what you've given us is not enough, and therefore, ultimately, God, you are not enough. Yeah, I think as we kind of entertain this notion that we have not been given enough, that God is somehow withholding something, it projects with just piercing insult something towards the very nature of God that somehow he is not enough. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't be lacking if God wasn't somehow lacking or withholding from me. Yeah, so, I mean, we're moving towards, right? So so then if our comparison leads to envy, it leads to this jealousy, and this envy now carries, like, really loaded implications against God himself, not to mention it's ruining our joy, how do we then move to remove comparison? That's a great question. We're going to pick it up there in a second, but first, a quick word from our friends at Hawthorne. Now, Hawthorne makes some of the best personal care products like body wash, fragrances, shampoo, and conditioner. And actually, Stefan and I have been using it and really liking it ourselves and our wives too, of course. But it, it would make the perfect Valentine's Day gift being that it's only a couple weeks away. Uh, Hawthorne is a personalized and thoughtful gift for you or whoever you're gifting it to. So basically, all you have to do is take a quiz online about your hair or your skin goals and... It is totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. So check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E. And use our promo code HOUSE to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot co. And use the code HOUSE to get 10% off your purchase. So a quick summary of if we could kind of put this all into kind of a package if the heart of comparison is envy and that envy is just ruining joy and indicting god uh, how can we then begin to beat back comparison i think for the remainder of our time that's where we're planning to camp out right Jor? Mm -hmm. yeah do you remember the the verse most commonly written into Tim Tebow's eye black as a college ball player? Yes, it was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, well since you didn't get VHS, but you did get Philippians <laughs> 4.13. Dang, you are spiritual. I take, I take back what I said last episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was one of the most popularized verses of the early 2000s. It was like slapped on every Christian mug, hand yeah. crocheted on just about every like decorative throw pillow. It's likely even now hanging in your Nana's basement bathroom. Yeah, I don't think you're a true Christian unless you have that on your bumper sticker or a t-shirt or something of, of you know, some sort of value like a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. But don't we all need a little motivation that we can in fact do all things, especially when we're sitting in Nana's basement bathroom? Definitely. Do do, do all things. <laughs> 
Yeah, Philippians 4.13 became this uh, rah-rah hype kind of turn up verse like we can do anything man like i can play basketball even though i'm only 5-1 because you know hey, again, i do all things then again there was spud webb just saying like he was 5-6 that's true and he could dunk but no you're right it, it becomes this so long as i throw up some creds to god right slap slap this verse on what i'm about to do i can do anything and sadly we've reduced this verse to some kind of dull cliche right yeah because what we're about to find is underneath this verse is a solution to the fight we're losing against comparison and envy in in our last episode we gave a behind the scenes look at how to study the bible take a listen if you haven't already And, and this is a quintessential example of a verse largely misunderstood because we've left behind its context so if we look at at philippians 4 with the context in mind, uh, Paul, now in prison for heralding the gospel he once opposed, is writing a letter of encouragement to the church in Philippi. Yeah, and, and I forget sometimes when reading this that Paul is actually writing from behind bars in prison. And what we're as we're talking about comparison as the ruin of joy in contrast to this book of the Bible— has commonly been referred to as the epistle of joy, right? There's some irony there. Yeah, that's good, George. Let's kind of take it back, go back through spaces here to verse 11 to see if we can kind of put a better finger on the actual timeless meaning of this verse. Uh, In verse 11, it says this, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That that kind of widens things a little bit more, right? Yes. that, That brings into perspective a little bit of a different take on this verse. For Paul, the secret he unveils here, and this is so critical, the substance of doing all things is contentment. Yes. Meaning I know how to thrive regardless of my environment because as, as I've learned contentment and contentment has become this fast track to enduring anything. And Paul's even saying here, like your, your circumstances don't dictate your contentment, right? Yeah. Paul is, is I think, as, as you've said before, right, while comparison is the ruin of joy, contentment becomes the end of comparison. Mm-hmm. Contentment is, in fact, the, the great enemy of envy and, and thus restoring our joy. Yeah, that's good stuff. And this isn't like, well, just be more content in life and things will be better, right? Notice he uses the words, I have learned contentment through a host of difficult circumstances. It's this process yeah, that's like this is this is a learning as it assumes a practice. It assumes a kind of discipline. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at three ways to begin to actually practice contentment, and these three are this historic trio against comparison. We're trying to give you guys kind of an antidote to envy in comparison in your life. So the first is to rush to rejoice. Rush to rejoice. Here's what I mean. Romans 12, 15 says this, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. 
meaning rejoice with those who are in a place of rejoice and share the burden of those who are in a place of hurt or despair. It's often harder, I think, in my experience to share in someone's rejoice than it is to share in someone's despair for whatever reason. Right? Yeah, I think it's because their rejoice can remind us of what we don't have, especially if we're just being real honest here. I think it's kind of an ugly side of our humanity when we say it would be somehow harder to rejoice with those who are rejoicing than it is to somehow sit with someone in their sadness or in their despair. But especially when you've worked really hard at something and you see someone else get the promotion or you see someone else launched forward into success and you're the one that's still kind of stagnant and you're like, wait a second, it, it can be really difficult to be the first one to rush into that roy. Instead, you know, the alternative here is that comparison trap, is that envy, is that ruin of joy. Yeah. So then how do we combat comparison? I, I believe by sincerely rushing to rejoice, like you said, Steph, being the first to celebrate with one another instead of being quick and first one to compare and be bitter, right? Yeah, so in addition to rushing to rejoice, uh, to, to one-up each other, with honor, one up each other with honor. Romans twelve ten. So this is five verses earlier in the same chapter that George just read from. It says, "Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor." Right? Like when was the last time that you felt sincerely honored? If like you can ever even remember, maybe it was just the honor roll. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Usually, uh, this idea of honor, and we'll have to, we could certainly do an entire episode on just this topic of honor, but it's kind of an alien concept. It's kind of removed from Western culture. We've moved away from an honor thinking. And, and usually, when it comes to competition, right, we don't think about outdoing one another in something good or competing against one another in something good. Usually, it's something more harmful. Mm -hmm. uh, I was recently at the movies with my wife and this group of, of middle school boys came walking in. Oh, it's already, already. You know, this is going to be good. It's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and I like adore middle school students. Like I, anytime around them, I just, my wife's like, stop being weird. Right? It's like, I, can anything good come from Bethlehem? Like, yeah. Can anything good come from a group of middle school kids? I'm like eager. I don't <laughs> even remember. I think we were, I don't remember what the movie we were trying to see because I just became too preoccupied by these middle school boys and what they were about to do. So they're sitting literally directly in front of us, and I hear one of them just whisper, about halfway through the movie, they just whisper, butthole. <laughs> and then I, and so then his buddy sitting next to him, I hear him just a little bit louder. He goes, butthole. And then the, the then it, uh, it's volleyed back to the other boy, who obviously then has to say it even louder, and he goes, butthole. <laughs> it took everything within me to not want to stand up and just yell butthole as loud as I humanly could in this movie theater just to outdo them, right? Like they're outdoing each other. And usually that's how it is, right? We're outdoing each other in these kind of silly, stupid things. But when it comes to things of substance, we typically are not thinking of it in that way. And, and Paul presents this kind of revolutionary idea of what would the world look like if instead of trying to outdo each other and compete against each other and compare ourselves against each other, we sought to in many ways, outdo each other in things like honor and things like love. Uh, 
And, and what's happening here is I believe that honor and esteem and encouragement are giving us this less pixelated image of contentment. Yes. Yeah, it's like if you've ever been to a, a funeral, you'll notice typically people are so eager to say nice things, right? They're just gushing with nice things to say. But don't wait until someone is dead to honor them, right? Tell them right now. Yeah, like I think we save all of that for some later date. And uh, I, I think right now in this comparison trap that we're in, we can move towards honor and bring an end uh, to comparison. Yeah, that's great stuff. So the third one, so again, the first kind of way to combat comparison and being kind of practical about practicing contentment, rush to rejoice, one-up each other with honor and love. Third would be gratitude that gives, so practicing gratitude. And uh, something that Milena loves is uh, she keeps a gratitude journal, just writing down yeah. blessings and things that she's grateful for that she never wants to take for granted. And I, I love this. I think this is a great practice. And my mom actually keeps a, a blessings jar that we, it literally says blessings on it. And there's like a little stack of paper. You like take it. This is the same mom that says she loves you and your brother. Equally. Yeah. You shouldn't be surprised by this. I'm, I'm not. Don't be surprised by my saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, yeah. And so we'll kind of read through all the blessings that people throw in periodically at the end of the year. Usually it's my mom, but you know, we all write it. We all contribute. And why do we do this, right? It It's kind of hearkening back and echoing scripture and this idea of remember, 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 right? Like remember what the Lord's done. Remember this promise that he gave you. Remember when he did this in your life. So we're just being mindful and practicing, like kind of reflecting back on that. Yeah, that's something being that great, you're going to find, right? As you've said, just all throughout scripture. Yes. As David uh, and, and many of the other poets kind of, recalling to mind the things that God has been faithful in. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of David, I, I think of his Psalm 23, right? The Kind of one of the most famous Psalms. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, AKA I'm, I'm content because God is my shepherd, right? He's my provision, etc." And also in this Psalm, following his poetic practice of gratitude, David then says, my cup runneth over, meaning I have so much, I have an abundance of, of blessing. I have more than I need. And the lesson to be learned here is that gratitude moves us to give. Right? Gratitude almost can't remain stagnant. It's, it's almost impossible. They're at odds with one another. And Melaine and I have actually been striving to put this into practice with certain long-term outreach efforts like child sponsorship, for example, with uh, Compassion International, and Milan and I have been sponsoring children before we even got married. And this is something that both of our parents actually instilled in us as the joy of giving and to be ever mindful of the material lacking of others, right? With And Paul says this in to Timothy, with food and clothing, we will be content. And then I think to myself, with some of these children around the world that are in extreme poverty, like what if you don't even have that, right? You don't even have the basics with food and clothing. So how can... Yeah. How can they even be content when they're in, when they're in such severe need? Dire right? need, yeah. And and if you don't know, uh, compassion is a is a ministry worldwide ministry that is releasing children from poverty in Jesus's name. So they're a charity group uh, that is both meeting the spiritual and physical needs of others. They're giving these 
children and families the gospel, and they're also giving them great education and medical care and food and water and clothes and access to clean water by digging wells and drilling down to get, you know, better care for them. So yeah, Joe and I actually took a trip with compassion years back when yes. Joe was just a teen and, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, but we got this front row seat. So mm-hmm. you're talking about compassion, not from like some distant experience or just from an online experience, but from a firsthand watching these people love kids in the name of Jesus and like, I remember us walking, coming back to the U.S. because we spent time in Guatemala and we were just shook, um, yeah. not just by the disparity and what was happening in, in that space, but more so in the commitment that these people brought in the name of Jesus and in the love of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so Milan and I actually cold called compassion uh, and said this, we, we were basically like, hey, we have this incredible, as for me in my house, family of like 50,000 plus people tuning into each show. And, and we literally just want to use this platform that God's given us for his glory. And, and believe me when I say this, there's no incentive for us other than that of seeing the joy of God's kingdom work moving forward. And we somehow get to be a, a small part in that. So what's really cool is compassion loved it. they we're able to see through that we weren't trying to get something from them or exploit no. them in any way. Um, but just to partner with them and love children with them. Mm-hmm. So they actually went as far as to uh, create a unique URL for us in, in our own page that's affiliated and partnered with them. It's compassion.com slash my house. And again, there's no incentive here for us, but if you want you and you have the means to do it, you can sponsor a child for as, about as much as most of us likely spend on coffee in a week or two. It's $38 a month or a dollar and a quarter every day. And if you think about that, especially in today's day, that's, that's nothing, right? That's nothing. Yeah. And in this, I believe gratitude turns our comparison into compassion. It's so good. Your, I think, man, so much of this, uh, in the comparison trap that we live in, if we rush to rejoice, right? If we, one up each other with this kind of new honor. If we um, b- bring a gratitude that ultimately takes shape it through giving, and yeah, watching that comparison turn to compassion. I love the way that you said that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it, for your reference too, the link will be in the description box. Uh, it's just compassion dot com my house slash my house again for. Uh, people wondering, you could just click on there, see the children from, you can kind of filter them as much as you want as far as age or how long they've been waiting for a sponsor, different places in the world, whether or not they're in like a critical risk area with like maybe AIDS inf- infected and lots of people like, like to do their birthday. Yeah. Um, you so can do it sponsor by your kid that's on your birthday. Celebrate birthdays together. Yeah. Right? So a lot of special things that you can do. Yeah. And, and we're just so, so grateful for you know, this opportunity and we love to share it with you guys as part of our family too. So uh, as we wrap up this episode though, I want to turn our attention to first Timothy six, where Paul is writing to a son in the faith, a younger, younger man by the name of Timothy. While comparison and envy deceptively attempt to persuade us that we lack something that they in fact have what we're missing. Paul conveys this robust truth in contrast. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. 
meaning contentment is the greatest of gains. And this is something far beyond like anything financial even. Don't don't misunderstand. It's not merely financial gains. Yeah, to think financial is physical it's so small. Benefit, yeah. Know? Yeah, but c- contentment with godliness becomes this gain against comparison and the safeguard of our joy. And in this I I believe we ought to be left with a question. What are you actually gaining from comparison when all your greatest gains wait inside contentment? That's good, Jor. What are you actually gaining from comparison when all your greatest gains wait inside contentment? I love that. Look out for this as a two-parter. The ladies are actually going to be picking us up in the next episode, looking at this subject of the comparison trap through the lens of shame. We'll be linking some additional resources in the description box for those who are wanting a bit more on the subject of comparison. Yeah, and and if you want to spend some more time in further meditation on the subject of contentment, go check out uh, Psalm 73 with a filter of contentment in mind. I think it would uh, be a great service to give you some insight as you're kind of, you know, filtering through what it means to be content and practice contentment. And as we wrap up, before we uh, get to our prayer request, just want to tell you guys a little bit about our beloved sponsors, Fi Smart Collars. Now they make smart collars for dogs. Uh, think of it like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit for your dog. It has GPS location tracking, so you can always see your dog's location on your phone and get notified on your phone whenever they escape a safe zone, which you get to set personally. Uh, not only that, it also keeps your dog active, happy, and healthy by hitting daily step goals. So you can see all your previous walks, compare to your friends who are using the app, and it's all very easy to use and set up. It takes about two minutes and you're all good to go. Uh, And moreover, it gives you the peace of mind to never have to worry about having a close encounter or losing your dog and having a panic attack again. So uh, it also offers custom activity tracking unique for each pup. So if you have an overweight dog or a dog that likes to eat everyone else's food, like Delilah, then you're going to love this app as well. Uh, A common misconception that I want to point out is that microchips don't actually track your dog. Really, they're just a form of ID that once the pet is picked up and brought to a shelter, they're able to identify, okay, this is so-and-so's dog. But Fi actually helps you locate your dog in real time and recover them if they get lost well before they're picked up by animal control. And as part of our As For Me and My House family audience, they have an exclusive offer for you guys as our listeners to get $50 off with the code HOUSE when you check them out at their website. So visit tryfi.com to find out more. That's T-R-Y-F-I.com. As we close out, just a few reminders. Be sure to send us our uh, send us your prayer requests. Uh, this is something that um, we hold in high view here on the podcast. We're grateful for any participation in your prayers. And uh, sadly, though, we have ended date night submissions, so we'll likely do that again, I'm sure, at some point. I'm signing up Jordan and Melena now, but uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and end that date night submission. And you'll be able to check out lots of that as we kind of choose those date nights coming up. Yeah, we're excited about that. So thank you all. We wish we could go out with every single one of you multiple times, <laughs> but it's just not feasible. We'd, you'd have to live a few lifetimes to date all <laughs> yes. of those people. Double date. Yeah, so we appreciate it, and uh, we're excited to kind of pray about this going forward and 
you know, know it'll be a, a enjoyable and fruitful time. Yeah. With, with you all. So hopefully fun too. Yeah. Fruitful, absolutely. fun, fun and fruitful. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dior, would you just, um, maybe close us out for this week's, um, prayer request? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I figured it'd be right to pray for the Bryant family after what happened uh, with Kobe and his 13 year old daughter. So it's, it's sad in, in, in many ways because first off his life getting snuffed out at 41 and then his daughter who was, he was kind of coaching her now and training her and you could tell they had a special bond. Um, and then as well as the fam, probably the other families that were on the, that don't even get talked about most likely because they're not some NBA legend. Right. Yeah. But their families are hurting too, you yeah. know, and grieving and kind of taking the backstage for, for Kobe being such a, a famous basketball star. Yeah. There's a lot of grieving across the board here. Yeah. And, um, our hearts certainly go out too. And it's something about family. that with, you know, being a, a celebrity, a, a professional athlete, and the, the whole shock factor of it being, you know, a tragedy. Yeah, I mean, we grew up with Kobe, so. Yeah. It's like that's not how you would imagine people going out, you know, mm -hmm. especially for whatever reason we think like, well, they're, you know, they're someone famous. They're someone, you know, popular. Like, why would they die that way? You know, it's it's kind of a weird feeling. Like, at, and that's not to, you know, make less of somebody else who dies because there's tons of people that die all, all the time, every day, every day. Sure. So it's like. I think the this kind of unearths a number of questions that I'd imagine in future episodes, we'll have the opportunity to have some honest and harder conversations about, but yeah, in this time, just want to stand right. Just in this place of hurt, uh, as yes. even you said, right. in in Romans 12, that we want to rejoice with those who rejoice and certainly weep with those who weep. So absolutely. Thanks sure for leading us in some prayer here. Yeah, let's pray for uh, Kobe's family that he's leaving behind and all those that are mourning um, with the loss over the helicopter crash. Oh, Father, we uh, we just come to you with heavy hearts, um, with questions, with uh, kind of a shaken up paradigm when something like this happens, Lord, even being so far removed, like Stefan said, it causes us to raise a lot of questions and rightfully so in these cases. But uh, Lord, as we hear of the passing of Kobe and his older daughter, uh, we just, uh, our hearts just break. And the other families that were on the helicopter too, Lord, we just ask for you to supernaturally intervene uh, in his wife and his other two daughters' lives, Lord, as uh, they kind of pick up the pieces and just cling to you, Lord. That's our That's our prayer. First and foremost is that they would seek you, um, and find life from death, uh, in knowing you, Lord. So, uh, God, I pray that you bring comfort to them in a way only you can, uh, with a peace unexplainable and a joy unexplainable that they will still live though you have, you know, taken their father and their daughter, their daughter and sister's life that we, uh, we don't understand why, but, we know that we can trust you still that ultimately you have purpose that you can bring from pain. So uh, God comfort them and all those who are mourning. And we ask that you, uh, even from 
this situation bring hope and bring life and bring beauty and joy. It's these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joy. Hey, we'll wrap up this week's episode here. And uh, yeah, join the Facebook page. Come hang out with us there. Yeah, we're so excited. We appreciate you guys leaving us iTunes reviews too. That's really helpful for us to kind of see your reactions and kind of your feedback on various platforms. It's just good for us to kind of gauge where we want to go with this and how you guys respond. So we appreciate that. Make sure to send us your screenshots on Instagram story of you guys checking out the podcast for your chance to win uh, coffee on us for free. That's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Thanks so much guys for joining us again. Uh, Be blessed and we will see you in next week's episode. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.